0: Hi, I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rihanna, and welcome or welcome back to Fresh Off the Broke. Fresh Off
1: the Broke is about personal experiences growing up Asian American in a predominantly white community, Asian media, and Asian pop culture in general. Race has always been a sensitive topic. Every day they're the over race. With our podcast, we intend to shed light on the experiences of first-generation Asian
0: immigrants, not on the pedestal. We understand that race isn't everything, but there should be an acknowledgement people of color, the knowledge gap, and the racial divide that will ideally be broken. Now that that's out of the way, let's get into the episode. Today we'll be discussing parents being strict about grades. And why your grades are fine.
1: (laughs) This is in a sense both a self-comforting episode as well as an episode to morally support our listeners.
0: almost over or maybe it's over for you guys
1: yes june is well june is also pride month so happy pride Yay. and june is usually at least for high schoolers and whatnot the last month of school unless you're taking summer school which that's the whole other part of the episode we'll get into that <laughs> june is the common month that everyone is wrapping up school.
0: We all know what comes at the end of the school year. Report cards. And guess oh, what's no. on the report cards. <laughs> and that
1: was when you find out whether or not you get dinner.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> and to anyone that doesn't know what that means, you're you're lucky. Yes. Actually, no, I'll explain it. I'll explain it. So... So this can be our inside joke instead of just an inside joke I have with Rihanna. Throughout high school, Rihanna and I had an inside joke where whenever it was report card season or we were just getting a mark back for a test, a quiz, anything, we would ask each other if we were getting dinner that night as a coded question as to ask whether or not we thought we did well or whether or not we did well, period. And before anyone picks up the phone and calls uh-huh. CPS, it was a joke. Yes. We we always got dinner. I mean, even if we metaphorically didn't, yes. we physically did.
0: Yes. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> even, even if I look Tiffany dead in the eye and say, I'm not getting dinner tonight, I did get dinner that night. So don't worry. Yeah.
1: You say that like they were there when you looked me yes. dead. And stuff.
0: <laughs> when you were across
1: the room when Rihanna gave Tiffany that look. Yes. She was, she was not crying. She was actually just...
0: Crying on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> not sure that's any better. It's really not. Speaking of summer school, because that's coming up very fast, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you ever taken any extra classes, whether that be like on your own accord or your parents kind of forcing you to do that? Fortunately, I've never
1: taken summer classes before, whether that be my parents saying, oh, you're going to math camp or my my school saying, hey, you failed this, which I didn't, by the way. <laughs> to my parents listening right now that are not (laughs) listening right now but you know and for for the most part, part I I've actually never been to summer camp before I I mentioned this on the podcast I have very strict parents so summer camp camp anything no so most of my summers were spent either at home, maybe going out a few times, or in China, when I w- would be visiting
0: my grandparents. Mm. What about you? Um. Well, I took summer school because I just wanted to do a class earlier, which is different. But yeah. I did do <laughs> something like math camp. <laughs> Not yeah. Bring which brings up very bad memories, is pretty much um, abacus, like an abacus program, and Uh. it's the thing with the beads, it's the thing, if you've watched Penguins in Madagascar, one of the penguins uses this, like, bead contraption to count, or, like, add up some, like, money or numbers or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's an abacus, yeah, and I used to, for, I think, five years, I would have a class for two hours every week, Sometimes more, depending on the seat, like the time of year. And mm-hmm. I would do comp math competitions. And was that willing? No, I, um, you know, the the stereotypical, you're like, it's late at night, you have math homework, you need to get it done. And your parents just sitting there yelling at you while you're freaking <laughs> out. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I remember from Abacus. Do, but, you, yeah. do you still know how to use an Abacus? I do. Do you think you Uh, could pick it up? I think, okay, there's definitely some things that would take me a while to learn. But basically Uh how the program was structured was that for the first, like, early levels, you would use an abacus, like, physically. But then once you, like, graduate, I guess, into higher levels, you're expected to be able to visualize the abacus in your head. And you don't need to actually touch the abacus anymore. So it's, like, all mental math
1: yeah is it like the thing where
0: a lot of aging kids they do that thing with their hand when they're counting yes that's what it is and i used to be <laughs> that kid when i was younger because it would help me like remember things but i don't need to do that anymore
1: well i'm i'm glad there
0: were some transferable skills you got from there <laughs> it's sad because like i can do like it's easy for me to do like addition and subtraction but like that's not even something that i really need to like be able to do fast anymore. Like everything's just math is a nightmare right now. Let's just say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've I've mentioned this in the past, but growing up, because I was one of the few Asian kids, which you, you don't have to take math classes or anything to be like a certified Asian or whatever. It doesn't actually matter. However, growing up, I felt a lot of guilt because I didn't attend those math classes. And so I was doing like on-level math or whatever. While other Asian kids in my class, be it very few Asians in the school, they would be ahead of me. And I felt like a dumb Asian or just... I, I felt like I was like a bad Asian whatever. Even though I wasn't bad at math, I was just doing on-level math <laughs> hmm. with the rest of the class. And it obviously, this isn't something that I think now, but when I was little, I used to feel behind or just stupid because like I couldn't do math of three years ahead.
0: yeah, that also was a problem after like I g- fully graduated from Abacus, and then mm-hmm. math in school started to be more application. Yes, I like I remember because up to that point, I was pretty like I was I guess I could say I was ahead because I could just add and subtract and multiply and divide really fast in my head. Mm-hmm. But once once it hit like. We're like doing actual math problems, okay, I would struggle so hard because I just didn't know how to apply myself.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, this is related, but also slightly unrelated. One thing I've noticed about Asian quote unquote Asian curriculum, like math curriculum versus curriculums over here is that I genuinely think. And I don't even know if this is really an opinion because it's honestly more of a fact if you just analyze the curriculum and whatever. I genuinely think that people here. The only reason why they're worse at math than the quote unquote Chinese geniuses, like, Indian mathematician kids. Because over there, they place much more importance on knowing math mm-hmm. than over here. Because it's a huge meme, it's a huge joke to hate math. Yeah. And also, the idea of mental math is way less important here than it is over there. Because yeah. growing up, and, you know, I apologize for recycling stories (laughs) my parents would uh, buy books or just take out printer paper and write multiplication questions or very like basic math questions because I was a kid and make me do them in a certain period of time and I'd give it back to them and then they'd tell me if I did it right or not but in school here mental math wasn't really that important at all and even though we did learn the multiplication timetable there wasn't ever really much of a hey you need to memorize this forever and there also wasn't really much effort put into making the students memorize whereas i'm gonna use china just because i have family there and that's where most of my knowledge comes from naturally Mm -hmm. i have cousins or just family friends that are, I don't know, eight years old, and they could easily tell you what 18 squared is. Uh. And actually, because we're still on the topic of cousins, and we were talking about summer classes, extracurricular classes, the amount of extracurricular classes they do over in East Asia is crazy. Mm. And I know they mention this in dramas, but genuinely, my cousin does, I think a good nine different things. Jeez. Jeez. And the thing is I don't I wouldn't say it's necessarily force because she does like the things that she's doing. For example, I'm going to use the most extreme example, which this is actually a thing that she does. She takes fencing. Really? <laughs> yeah, very cool, I know. But the thing is she takes she does all these different things and she's still not even in her circle or her age group considered the most involved kids there are a ton of kids her age that do way more than her and there's this cycle of comparison and oh that person has all these awards that person does this and that and so much more than you blah 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 and it's it's very stressful Even though I'm like, I'm obviously not her. So I don't even know how stressful it is for her.
0: Yeah.
1: But just hearing about it, I get stressed out. Because in my personal life, I feel like I'm already involved in a lot of things. And I obviously wasn't involved in the same amount of things when I was eight or seven or whatever. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But had, had I been, I think I would have been a for lack of better terms a bigger wreck today
0: yeah I that <laughs> yeah there's definitely a point where like when you're a kid no matter how many things you do you're not going to even realize you're doing half of them because you're just not at that level of like consciousness yet but like once you hit a certain point it's like oh my god how are you doing this mm-hmm and it
1: kinda comes back to that meme where it's sleep, social life, grade. You only you can only pick two. Like you have to sacrifice one. And I actually I saw a upgraded version of that where someone was saying like how people think it is. Good grade, social life, enough sleep and then how it really is. And it's this giant is it an octagon? One, two, three one, two three, I'm also three, four, counting at the same six, time. Seven, eight, nine wait. One, two, three, four, five,
0: six, seven, eight, nine, ten.
1: A decagon? Decagon. I didn't I didn't even notice that when I was saving the image. But wow. And then it's like friends, class, work, family, homework, sleep, hobbies, food, love life, which where? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Curriculars. I guess it's a nonagon for us, but. <laughs> quick shout out to the Asian Couple called episode. Also quick shout out to everyone who's single right now. Yeah, you're doing great. They're <laughs> nonagons, am I right, guys? Yeah, <laughs> they're <Starts> crying.
1: <laughs> but anyway, for me, honestly, When I look at the triangle, like just the triangle, I don't even know if I really have two points. I mean, because obviously sleep, we all know I don't sleep very well, which I know.
0: (laughs) I'm not even going to comment on
1: this. But the thing is, I don't even know if as an Asian kid or whatever, we really get much of a social life anyway. Because... There's a difference between you know, texting your friends, calling them, seeing them every once in a while. And then what and this is generalizing, the majority of Western high schoolers, their students in general that go out to the mall with their friends, go quote unquote partying, mm. And obviously, going to a party doesn't mean you have a social life or whatever. But I would consider that more of a quote-unquote social life than what we had. Mm. And so it makes me think if I were to put myself on the triangle, maybe I really do just have (laughs) grades.
0: What about you? Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I was just thinking like, I was thinking of kids, specifically like Asian kids who have all three then I realized all the Asian kids that I could think of were just all rich kids (laughs) that's true I know I know
1: fobs that get enough sleep they get good grades, and then they I don't know go karaoke all the time which I'm not even saying that in a bitter way I want to go too yeah take me with you yeah Let's go karaoke. No judgment here. Take me with you, please. <laughs> the two of us and everyone listening right now. We're okay. going karaoke. <laughs> comment down below if you're coming and I'll email you the details. Oh my god. We're going right now. Right now. Yeah. By the time you're by the time you're listening, we're still going.
0: Yeah,
1: we are. So comment. <laughs> Yeah, a huge concern just in general about excessive classes and just this stress that you're always not doing enough is that, like, I don't know, there's also not to bring in the whole capital capitalism or the capitalistic behavior, but there is this huge thing where if you're not, Using your time on homework or work or the grind, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, rest time and socializing time with your friends, or just downtime, and when you're not yeah. doing anything, you're thinking, not thinking, I meant to say sitting and staring at a wall, those things shouldn't be considered optional, yeah, no. And that's a huge, I don't even know if I can call it a pet peeve, it's just something I find very annoying. I don't like how, I mean, for some of the classes we've had growing up, our teachers would assign a huge project on a Friday and then tell us to hand it in on Monday, which Mm. basically means you're spending the whole weekend on your project. It's like, okay, I I guess I'm in school seven days a week now.
0: (laughs) Oh my god. Did that hit a little too close to home? (laughs) Even, like, even if you are, like, an extrovert, because I've heard, like, a friend of mine who is a very big extrovert, like, Mm -hmm. her, uh, she still needs downtime for herself. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Like, even though, like, my downtime is probably, like, most of the day. Like, I would be (laughs) grateful if I had most of the day just by myself, because I'm very introverted. But her Mm -hmm. downtime would probably just be, like, an hour before she goes to bed.
1: But that's uh, still
0: so important to have. <laughs> yes, of course. I would say
1: fall under ambivert, like a mix between the two. And honestly, my downtime has been resorted to basically after a super long day, just me staying up. That's my downtime, and there's a word for it. It's called oh, is revenge? It's called revenge. Um,
0: procrastination. No. Revenge like sleep procrastination or something like that. Yes, it's called revenge
1: bedtime procrastination. When people stay up later than they want to just so they have some time to themselves.
0: Yeah.
1: It's not a good thing. This I'm not trying to be relatable. If you relate to me, that's a problem. (laughs) We both have issues. (laughs) Let's, Let's not joke about this people. And I wish it was less of a people complaining about these things, for example, us talking about this on the podcast, and it was more of just this is a necessity for human health mm. because it's downtime isn't isn't shouldn't be optional it shouldn't be a pri- a privilege to to have, yeah that being that being said, downtime you know, in a certain context, can be considered privilege. For example, rich kids not having a work summer job.
0: Yeah. Kind of unrelated to what we were just talking about, but I also think it's really important to, like, when discussing this topic, it's mm-hmm. important to bring up, like, actual research and studies done. Because, yes. funny story. <laughs> oh, no. I wrote an essay for my English class about... The differences between western um how Western parents show affection versus how Asian parents show affection, and I personally think that it was a very good essay on my part i, I, I agree thank you as you should think that thank you <laughs> but yeah, I thought i I worked really hard on it, and i my teacher gave me a pretty Unsatisfactory grade, even though that kind of goes against what we're saying. It wasn't a bad grade. It was a good grade, but it was lower than I hoped it to be. Mm -hmm. And the only criticism she gave me was that I was generalizing on behalf of the Asian community. So, that being said, me and Tiffany are going to talk about some studies that we found while researching this topic, because I know one of you listening is going to be like, this is a little bit too generalized. I don't really believe it. So yeah. And off we go.
1: <laughs> and before we do start, mini disclaimer about you know generalizing and whatnot. Obviously Asians aren't a monolith. So when we say things like Asian parenting style and anything when we say Asian blank, that's not to say that that represents the entirety of Asia. Mm-hmm. This is just the for lack of better words, general image or just pattern that's been found statistically. Mm-hmm. Additionally, as we talk about Asian parenting or Asian insert thing versus Western insert thing we're, we're really not going to be viewing these things from a Western point of view, since that wouldn't make sense since these Asian standards, norms, and whatnot did not originate from here. It originated from Asia. Mm-hmm. So, we have to make sure, well, everyone has to make sure that they're looking at these topics with the proper context in mind. Because mm-hmm. if you're just, Standing from a Western point of view and saying, oh, this Asian thing is so weird. Well, of course, it's weird to you. You don't understand it and you've never been exposed to that. Whether or not
0: that thing is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So the first study we're going to be talking about is from Carnage Mellon University, and it's titled Cultural Differences in Parenting Styles and Their Effects on Teen Self-Esteem from Mimi Chang. Or by Mimi Chang, sorry. <laughs> and either word. Yes. The author of this study references another psychologist who um had already categorized parenting styles. And so I just want to bring this up because I think it's really interesting. Okay. The three different types of parenting styles would be authorita- <laughs> authoritarian. Yeah which is pretty much just a dictator of a parent. Mm -hmm. And according to Wikipedia, abusive parents usually fall into this category, but it's also noted that not all authoritarian parents are abusive. Okay. The second parenting style is permissive. So this parent would generally um, try to get their child to be independent and the last parenting style would be authoritative. So this is kind of just a lesser version of the authoritarian parent. So it's char- characterized by high demand, demandingness and huge responsiveness. Authoritative is just they they're firm but they're not like set. So they can they're like willing to make an exception. I think it's good that you brought up the three
1: main parenting styles because from my experience and observation, I noticed that a lot of Asian parents tend to fall under authoritarian and authoritative, probably more under authoritative than authoritarian, at least from people that I know. And then there's
0: a small, small,
1: small, small, population that falls under permissive
0: yeah generally permissive Asian parents are like newer generation parents from Mm -hmm. what I've seen at least Mm -hmm. I agree with that a lot of
1: the permissive Asian parents if if any that I've seen (laughs) Mm. tend to be and this has been noticed in research as well a lot more permissive Asian parents tend to have Somewhat assimilated or been accustomed to West quote unquote Western life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though authoritarian Western parents exist. Yes. They do exist. Yes. Put do. that out there so people don't think that we're saying all white parents are super nice. Yeah. Speaking of the whole Asian parents versus Western parents thing, a huge part if not essentially the crux of the study was that they had an experiment where they recruited Asian American kids as well as white American kids and asked them questions pertaining to the parents on what is known as a seven point Likert scale and if you and if you don't know what a seven point Likert scale is that's okay because I didn't either it's basically Answers such as strongly disagree, disagree, somewhat disagree, neutral, somewhat agree, agree, strongly agree. Think spectrum from Jubilee, and if you don't know what that is, that's OK. My explanation. <laughs> it, those are the seven points. Mm-hmm. And t- to put it simply, to sum it up, Asian kids obviously ended up scoring higher on the questions saying like oh my my parents are very strict or i mean the questions weren't that straightforward in the sense of like oh my parents are strict my parents are authoritative or blah 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 it was more questions saying for example oh if i went home and blah 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 happened then i would react this way or if I did this in school, my parents would react in this way, or I feel this way about my parents. Things like that. It's kind of like a personality test, except not Mm -hmm. a personality test. It's the same system. And even though, as I said just now, it was obvious that they scored higher, I think it's really important that we have these studies and we have this black and white proof, kind of like what we said in the learn to pronounce our names episode, because even though everyone in a sense knows these things there's no quote-unquote proof and that makes the conversation about these issues very hard to have because everyone thinks oh you're generalizing kind of like Rhiannon's teacher yeah but it's there it's just that because a lot of people already assume it research is like a secondary or maybe even a tertiary thought.
0: There's another study also by, in 2003, done by Ri, Chang, and Ri. The findings were Caucasian students reported having more friends than their Asian counterparts. And also, um, Caucasian students had higher self-esteem than their Asian counterparts. Yeah, we've, this study is also referenced within Mimi Chang's own, like, study paper. Like, it's mm-hmm. a separate study, but she references it within. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify. And I mean, it
1: connects with, I don't even know if I want to say assumptions or facts, but it, it connects with what we know <laughs> in our, yeah day to day life lives or what we said earlier about how our social life or I don't even know if I want to say our definition of a social life because. What I have as a social life isn't really my definition of a social life. But it's not surprising to me that. White white counterparts said that they have more friends or they do more of insert thing than Asian kids do. Mm-hmm. Because even if you don't have the type of strict Asian parent that doesn't let you leave the house ever, and you and you have parents that let you leave the house sometimes, it's still not on the same level as white parents where I mean, I knew a girl that literally went and by the way, this person was in I don't know the eleventh grade, like they were like sixteen or something. They went to Mexico with their boyfriend. Like that was that was a trip. And I can't even leave the house now. I mean COVID, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like how how did you feel when you saw that statement written before you?
0: I mean it's just it it's, it's sad to see these things, but at the same time, it, it's kind of, like, validating, because it's, like, oh, I, it's being acknowledged in this study, you know, like, it's not just me being overdramatic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of it makes me sad, because, like we've said in the past, for example, R- Rihanna and I, being friends and like coming together to make this podcast was us realizing that we had a lot of shared experiences Mm -hmm. and the thing is because we grew up not knowing a lot of other kids of color or other Asian kids we thought that it was just our experience
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so when you see these studies and you realize it is the shared experience yeah the shared experience (laughs) it's I don't even know if it i'm glad or sad because why is it that a whole generation of asian kids yeah they're so lonely you're so deprived
0: of a social life it's like the sense of like collective relief of being like oh thank god i'm not actually an outcast but at the same time it's kind of like we're all lonely together <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and don't get me and don't get me wrong Asian people are very capable of being social. Don't, don't, don't get us wrong with with the whole annoying media stereotype of Asians not knowing how to interact with people socially. There's a difference between having no social life and not knowing how to socialize with people. Mm-hmm. I want to put that out there because I hate the depiction of Asian people in the media. Sometimes, I mean, most of the time. Mm. Now, along with the first study by Mimi Chang, we also want to highlight the second study called Do We See Eye to Eye, Chinese Mothers and Fathers' Parenting Beliefs and Values for Toddlers in Canada and China. And this was a group effort by Chuang S.S. and Su Y. of the University of Guelph and Beijing University, also known as Beida, which... Shout out to Bernice, who went there. <laughs> Yay! Hey, Bernice, if you're listening right now, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> and as the title says, this study examined the beliefs and expectations of Chinese-Canadian parents from Toronto versus Chinese parents from Beijing using a five-point scale, which is basically the same thing as the seven-point scale, except they probably removed the somewhat or strongly, one of them. and we there was a lot there was a lot of interesting you know obviously disappointed but not surprised finding but there were a lot of interesting things that came out of this study for example they found that Chinese parents and when I say Chinese parents I mean the Chinese parents from China they scored higher on authoritative parenting however Chinese Canadian parents endorsed this parenting style more Than Chinese parents. Which at first confused me. But I kind of get it. Because I think my parents are like that. (laughs) Because. I don't don't know. When I see parents from China. I feel like sometimes. And again. This is generalizing. Because I've obviously haven't met the entire population of China. Yes. They are strict. But I don't know if they talk about it as much. And the thing is. Even though the concept of a tiger parent does exist in China, for example, tiger mom, they literally say "huma," which is tiger mom, "huma." But they don't really, and when I say talk about, I don't mean you know um, taboo or anything. They don't necessarily openly praise it as much as Chinese Canadian parents here do, at least speaking for my Chinese Canadian <laughs> parent. And another thing that I'm going to throw up on the screen which is related to what I just said. You'll see that the Chinese Canadian parents they scored lower on authoritarian parenting and Chinese parents from China scored higher on authoritarian parenting. However, the Chinese Canadian parents they scored higher on authoritative parenting, which I kind of understand because if you think about what they said earlier about how Chinese parents they scored higher on being an authoritarian but the Chinese Canadian parents endorsed it more I somewhat associate the idea of authoritative parenting with basically a somewhat softer version of authoritarian parenting and they're, in a sense, less self-aware about how, quote-unquote, authoritarian they are because they think they're nicer, in a sense.
0: Yeah. It's almost as if the authoritative parents compare themselves to the authoritarian parents. So they're like, I'm not that bad. hmm uh, My parents actually do that. Wow. And <laughs> we're not going to talk
1: about that right now. Yeah. And it's just interesting, because they endorse it more, but they don't necessarily realize that they do, which, Mm -hmm. like I said, is a lack of self-awareness. And the thing is, endorsing it more could, in a sense, be worse than just being an authoritarian parent. Because it goes with this whole thing about saying, oh, you don't have it that bad. Look at how bad other people have it. And then another thing that I found uh, from the study was they summarized the ideal traits, like personality traits, that parents wanted their kids to have. And generally, the top five traits were, let me see, self confidence, creativity, persistence, independence, and concentration. And this, interestingly enough, was something that both sides of the globe, I guess, both sides of the globe agreed on regardless of their kids, gender and country of residence. How and you can see that from the chart that I'm also going to up on the screen. However, when I look at it separately, you know, aside from them saying, hey, here are the top five, you do notice that. The chinese canadian parents they score higher on points such as assertiveness self-confidence and things that one could argue are more western ideal mm-hmm. than chinese chinese parents for lack of better words <laughs> and you can find this in the curriculum as well because even if you just find this from television dramas. people don't really do group projects in school as often however here in the west you do a lot of group projects and so you are forced i don't know for i'm on fourth. the fence about saying for because i think it's for but i also don't think it's for but i'm going to say for to do to collaborate more with other people and so i guess you do have a stronger sense of independence and sociability Mm. and i don't know it's kind of confusing because in china and then chinese canadian parents they have the same wants In that they want their kids to be doctors, they want their kids to be the most successful, have the highest scores, have the highest, whatever. But I guess the Chinese Canadian parents, and this is me somewhat going off the study and then somewhat going off my own observations, so take this with a grain of salt, that since their kid is growing up in a Western world, they want their kids to be able to adapt. Mm -hmm. And so they want their kids to still be number one, but number one, I guess, in the Western world. Yeah. And, I mean, all these things pretty much line up with what I've seen in (laughs) my parents. (laughs) Do you see any similarities? I mean, everyone thinks you're Chinese, but you're not. (laughs) I mean... Do you see any similarities in your life?
0: I, I, yeah, I do. I think, um, my parents had this weird, they were like borderline authoritative, Mm -hmm. and, but they weren't like that bad. It was more of like just guilt tripping that half of it. Uh Uh-huh. But also, just, like, in general, because I've been thinking about this, it's so funny to me that independence is such, like, it's, like, a top, one of the top five traits, right? Independent. And then all the parent does is boss around their kid. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you really think that's building independence? It's building dependency. Come on, now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Speaking from I, I, personal
1: experience, I wasn't going too. to argue that, but I can't. I couldn't even if I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> My parents kind of did the same thing. They, I would say, they probably fall maybe more on the authoritative parenting. However, they do also do the guilt tripping thing, where they'll say they'll say something threatening or something that's like emotionally guilt-tripping yeah. but then at the same time they also do this thing where it's just because I said so or
0: yeah
1: I, I'm your parent you have Absolutely. why are you asking me questions yeah and, and I mean just just yesterday when I was helping my dad with something I wasn't answering him quick enough and he got really mad at me oh
0: man yeah. I I, you can relate to that. <laughs> now that I think about it, my parents are, I guess they could technically be called permissive, but when I make an independent decision, they're like, no, that's actually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually doing this wrong. And it's like, okay, well, I'd rather you just don't give me the option in the first place.
1: <laughs> Your parents could be considered a hybrid. They are the authority. Ter- per- wait, Authority. I'm trying to think of a way to match these two words up. <laughs> Permissitative. Permisitative. authoritative. I don't know. <laughs> but th- they're a hybrid. A hybrid, yeah. Mm-hmm. And okay. moving on, since we have been saying, oh, we see this a lot in our lives, or like I just said, I've seen a lack of collaboration or just like cooperative work in drama we're going to talk about the media (laughs) yeah we're we're basically going to talk about representation of these kind of issues in the media and for some reason it is oddly accurate i and Disclaimer I am gonna be talking a lot about Chinese and Korean shows because that's what I'm exposed to more of too and I don't want to speak incorrectly on other forms of media
0: Mm.
1: and we don't want to speak incorrectly on other forms of media in general yeah so last year I came across this wonderful show this made my day, my, made my week. <laughs> it was called Kao Ba Hau Mei And it translates to Didn't do well on a test. That's okay. And the, it's a variety show. It's a competition, kind of, also not, where you have these elementary age children and they bring their parents. And their parents are the contestants. Their kids are just there to to watch and laugh. And you'll understand in a second. The entire premise of the competition was that these parents would have to answer questions based on the Chinese education curriculum. For example, history questions, literature questions, just elementary level schooling. And the whole the whole idea of this whole show was to show parents both participating and watching that their expectations for their parents or their lack of involvement in their parents, not in their parents studies, in their children's studies shows the lack of connection that they have with the current curriculum and the fact that they can't answer those questions because as I was watching, Basically, most of the parents, they could be, I don't know, engineers or in high, higher-paying jobs and be considered, quote-unquote, successful. But they had such a hard time answering these questions. And the whole time, it was basically kids, you know, laughing, being like, you didn't even know that question, Dad!
0: Oh, my gosh. And... Yes? Oh, sorry. You continue. No, okay, go ahead. Um that's literally my parents. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, describe them. So.
1: Mhm. Cuz my parents, part of it has to do with the fact that my parents didn't have the same level of education as me cuz my mom stopped at middle school because in her time, education wasn't as, as important and it also wasn't as important in my dad's time except mm-hmm. that belief was stronger in my mom's quote-unquote decade. I'll put it in that way. (sighs) And unfortunately, this show, you cannot watch it anymore, at least on (laughs) YouTube. You could watch it on a Chinese media website. However, if you are not Chinese or do not understand the language, then I am sorry, you you can't (laughs) access this. I guess, well, actually, You know if you have a friend or someone that you know in your life that knows chinese you could look up the show and beg them to (laughs) explain it to you but humor humor aside there were parts of the show that really resonated with me for example there was this little boy that came with his dad and you could tell that his dad was really strict had extremely high expectations of his son his son always had to score a hundred or else. Insert repercussion. No did. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> First, they had to take a test, which is a, a general education test. And then they would show which dads were automatically in a sense out because they scored too low, they failed or whatever. And then later on, there was the trivia part of it, which is basically the same level of questions, but in a trivia, rapid, rapid answer. Format Mm -hmm. and that boy's father performed very poorly and they got eliminated and his son reacted extremely, very strongly and very emotionally. He, he was really upset and he started crying, which a lot of kids did that on the show. And it's, uh-huh. a, it's a reflection of, you know, the expectation that their parents put on them because they're mad that their parent couldn't even pass a level. And so this kid, their dad was saying like, oh, it's okay. And the thing is, pardon pardon me for assuming things in their family, but you in my personal opinion, I felt like the dad was, Baking, being being nice and being like, yeah, Oh yeah. okay At least from his tone and his mannerisms, but obviously I don't know their family life. And the son was extremely mad. They were saying, like, Oh, why why is it that you can you can get this mark or why is it you can get eliminated, but then when I don't do well, blah 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 and he was like I said, extremely mad, saying like, I can't do this. It's, why is it why is it okay for you? And I know part of the reason why they included it in the show was for entertainment value or whatever. But that really strongly resonated with me, and I imagine it resonates with a lot of Asian kids, because parents, they have such high expectations, but then they can't give that type of performance that. Mm. And I imagine that is included in the shared experience. Mm-hmm. Because there's this thing that I like to say, where my my parents they expect the most, but they also like give leave in that. Then, mm-hmm. do you have do you have that
0: experience? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. My parents always expect 100s, even when if I do get a perfect score on anything. My mom she says it as a joke, but she's always like. Why not more than 100? Like, why was there no bonus questions? Which is, it's funny. But then when you've heard it your whole life, it's like, okay, please stop. (laughs) Please, you know? Mm -hmm. And then again, it's something that I've learned to do now that I'm older. But obviously, when I was younger, I thought, like, I I couldn't say it because there's just a, I wasn't as close as my parents back then okay yeah but now whenever my mom asks me oh what's your grade in like chemistry what's your grade in calculus i would tell her and she'd be like oh why not higher why not higher and i'd say well mom did you take calculus when you were in high school and she she'd just look at me and laugh because she didn't she doesn't even know like where to begin with like how how like what what is calculus pretty much you know
1: (laughs) Yeah, and in the model minority myth episode, didn't you
0: say your mom had a terrible chemistry grade? Yeah, she did. And <laughs> I, I always, throughout all of my chemistry course, I, I would tell her my grade. And she'd be like, why isn't like a 100 right now? Who's the highest in the class? And I'd be like, mom, didn't you get a 78 in chemistry? And she'd be like, you're correct. And then she'd move on. <laughs> so yeah. It's funny
1: that you have that leverage.
0: Yeah, I'm glad. It's definitely taken a while to get to this point, mm-hmm. but like I'm glad that I'm at this point currently.
1: Well, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all take a moment to be proud of Rihanna. Thank you. <laughs> applause. Oh gosh, not the applause. <laughs> Alongside variety shows, going back to what I said earlier about oddly self-aware representation in the media. Over the past couple of years, maybe five years, there has been an uptick in very self-aware dramas and movies about student stress in Asia, especially in K-dramas and Chinese dramas. And I don't know how to feel about it, because I will watch these shows, and I will relate, and I'll, I'll get triggered and fire yeah. and you know, yeah, the whole nine yards. <laughs> and it's confusing to me because they're aware, but what has been done? Yeah, because. Ironically, right now, kids in China are doing the high school exam. This is the
0: week. Oh, man.
1: I found, out, I found out on Sunday because, you know, they're 12 hours ahead. And I got a notification from Baidu for some odd reason, even though I'm not, I wasn't subscribed to anything. But they said, oh, it's the first day of Gaokao," and, and I was upset. I wasn't upset because I had to take the test. I was upset that they told me that mm what that's not that's none of my business <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> why are you telling me this i you're, i I shouldn't be thinking about these things
0: mm.
1: and it's just odd, you know, not the notifications the shows because this year there was a drama about student stress, but it focused on literal little kids, which is, you know, 100% relatable and a shared experience among that generation. But it's so weird to me, because you clearly see what's going on. Yeah. But no changes have been made. And that goes for both both sides. Because you could argue that parents in China are more aware of the negative repercussions of this behavior than Asian-Canadian, Asian-American, Asian, basically immigrants from abroad. Yeah, <laughs> period. However, I, I don't know, because the media representation over here about student stress is nowhere near the level of accuracy No. as the representation in the Asian drama. Yeah. But at the same time, they're not making changes to the exam, they're not making changes to the schooling system. And so, what gives? (laughs) To put it simply, what gives? Why? Yeah.
0: Y'all just trying to make more money with these self-aware dramas? Honestly, from what I've heard, it just sounds like people are seeing these dramas and being like, see, it's not as bad as this show, even though it fully like, is. it's just and it's just a way to compare again, you know. Mhm.
1: So weird. My my mom watches these and she's like, "Wow, I feel so bad for them." Or, "Wow, that's the one reasonable."
0: Yeah. And I'm sitting there. It's like, "Really?" Uh-huh. I know I'm it's unreasonable. That. <laughs> and I'm sitting right here. <laughs> Funnily
1: enough, we actually watch one together. And a lack of self awareness,
0: <laughs> oh, but it's,
1: it's, it's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but that's for a different episode,
0: yeah. Totally. I think, just at the end of the day, what we want you guys to get from this episode is that your grades are fine and yeah. you are worth so much more than your grades. Please do not let numbers on a piece of paper like. Tell you how to feel about yourself, mm-hmm. and I I know that me saying it that way—that numbers on a paper or a paper are controlling you—it sounds absurd, but we all we've all been there. <laughs> we're all there. I mean, we are here. <laughs> Why do you think we're talking about this? Yeah. Why do you think we have this podcast, huh? Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we get it, and we're here. We're all in this together. It's all the collective depressive We're all experience. In this together. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Just your grades are perfectly fine. Just yeah. like the title says. And the thing is, if you're not if you're in a place where you're not happy with your grades and you wanna improve them, that's also fine. That's a that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, to wanna to improve your grades and wanna be better. We just want you to know that your grades are not equivalent to your software. yeah your academic success is not a reveal of character
0: mm-hmm.
1: and another thing you know because we have listeners of all ages <laughs> for people that are in high right now and they they may they may be applying to college university in two years next year please i i know it's the college and university application process it's so confusing annoying tiring mentally exhausting and so this is all easier easier said than done mm. because the two of us have been there yes Please
0: don't, please don't lose yourself in the process. Yeah, it's not worth it. You, like, it's, yes, it's, like, you in the moment, but there's so much more to life after this is all over. Mm -hmm. And, like, it'll be over soon. Time, time stops for no one, and as much as that is terrifying to think of it's gonna life keeps going man (laughs) and we have to live in the present yes and trust me when i say you will be fine it will all come to a nice little neat little bow (laughs) yeah a bow tied by rihanna yeah personally tied by me and this this
1: is the same for people in university, college right now. Maybe they apply to grad school, applying to grad school, maybe they're trying to get into their concentration, and so on. Mm-hmm. This all applies. And to people that are already outside of this, you know what? You're 100% welcome to leave a comment and tell them... <laughs> Yeah. What it's
0: like to be on the other side. Yeah, it's it's hard for us to really say that because we're also not on the other side yet. Yeah, we're not fully on the other side. We're
1: <laughs> and so as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please feel free to leave a comment about your relationship with your grade, your relationship with your parents and your grade. Any double standards that you might have experienced? For example, Rihanna's mom having a 78 in chemistry but wanting Rihanna to get a 100. Did your parent do that? Do you, do you have a parent that wants you to have a 5.0 unweighed GPA? Please correct me if I said that wrong. I can't remember which one is the one you can get 5.0 on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can tell I'm not American. But then they got a 3.0 GPA. And like I said just now, if you're someone on the other side and you've already dealt with all this, please feel free to leave words of encouragement for our listeners that are currently going through this. (laughs) Leave words of encouragement to us. We're kind of going through it right now. Talk about maybe... Hey, did you watch that show that I watched before they deleted it off of YouTube for, for an unknown reason? <laughs> Have you watched any dramas, oddly self-aware ones about students dressed in Asia? How did that make you feel? Do you like them? Have you taken the gao, gao before? <laughs> let us know how, what that's like. Are you taking it right now? Also let us know what that's like. Good luck, I think you're gonna do great. Yeah.
0: Love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> so yeah. If you guys like this episode and want to stay connected with us, check out our website in the description. It contains links to our streaming platforms, such as Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and more. By the way, all of the links to the studies will be in the description as well. So yeah. Yeah. So. Follow us for more behind-the-scenes content, announcements, and other random things we decide to put on there. See
1: you next time. Bye. Bye.